Now this morning I'd just like to read the same passage, this one simple short passage from the Gospel of Matthew in two different translations. Please don't uh, worry about standing up, I just want us to be able to reflect on these very, very familiar words from Matthew chapter 11 and uh, starting at verse 25. Jesus has been speaking about God's truth and his judgment and his desire for us to come to him as we are and not to be caught up in the sinful ways of the world and that sort of uh, sense of striving after things that so, so often, perhaps always, don't satisfy that which is deep within us. And Jesus says to his disciples, at that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In the paraphrase version of the Bible, the that Eugene Peterson wrote called The Message. Those words are translated in a very vivid way. I'm just going to uh, quote from those last words of Jesus. He says, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly said, the Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique Father-Son operation, coming out of the Father and Son intimacies and knowledge. For no one knows the Son the way the Father does, nor the Father the way the Son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself, said Jesus. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. If you keep company with me, you'll learn to live freely and lightly.
That phrase, learn the unforced rhythms of grace, is, I think, a real central theme for what it means to be a human being rather than a human doing. And it's something that happened to me uh, after about two or three weeks of being on this sabbatical, being on this time of, of no deadlines, no pressures, no anxieties about all sorts of things and sharing all the things that so many of you are going through in a way that didn't weigh on me. It was incredible how God lifted so much. And he taught me, more than anything, what it meant um, to live an unhurried life. An unhurried life. Because so often I would be in a place where I was just sort of going from one place to another, trying to steal time from that and borrow time from this. I would be walking quickly, I'd be rushing, and I'd feel my heart rate going quite, uh, quite wild sometimes. Interestingly, I went to the diabetic uh, clinic when I was uh, just at the end of my sabbatical. And you know how in diabetes, perhaps it, uh, adrenaline and stress and pressure can cause diabetes to uh, go a bit all over the place, or blood sugar control. And that's certainly been the case, you know, with the, all the things that have been going on, especially with the building project and everything else that uh, Sean and I have been uh, taking forward with many others. It has been a, quite a stressful time. So it was a great gift to have this sabbatical. But when she looked at my results from my, all the readings on my uh, blood sugar count and everything else, she said, wow, look at this. It was there on the screen before her, you know. And she said, this is what really good is. This is what the best is. You, Joe, are better than the best. Well, it wasn't anything to do with my skill, really. It was simply that I wasn't stressed. We all know what stress can do to us. If but it, there is a sense in which you can't help that sometimes. You go through periods of life where everything is very stressful. But Jesus says, I acknowledge that, therefore, you need to take action to find ways of experiencing rest and peace and a way of living that is unhurried, that can be sustained. You can't do it on your own. He said a very simple instruction or invitation in this verse 28 of chapter 11. Come to me, he said. Come to me. So simple that we think, well, yeah, coming to Jesus is the way to find rest in him. That's something that has run through the whole of the gospel. Every time Jesus calls people, he calls them to come to him. He gathers his disciples together and then sends him out. He calls and gathers the crowd together and teaches them and feeds them or does miracles. And then they go back into their everyday life and 
live out of the experience of what they've encountered in Christ. Come to me, he says. It's a challenge, though, to know what that actually means in practice. Come to me, says Jesus, and you'll find the unforced rhythms of grace. You'll find rest for your souls. We all love to have that. We all know in our heads that coming to Jesus is the, the movement that we want to make in order to find the rest in the midst of busyness and stress. But how do we do that? Well, there are many, many different ways and couldn't possibly begin to be prescriptive. There's no one easy answer because we're all different. Christ is the same, but we're all different, and we all have different ways of coming to Christ. And over my sabbatical, I've been looking at at least four different ways that we encounter God as human beings in all our diversity, and yet in all our common humanity. And some of you may well be aware of of those sort of four ways that we connect with God and the, the spiritual life that is lived in Christ. Some people find that connecting with God and coming to Christ is something that happens primarily through coming to Him in His Word. It's interesting that Jesus Himself talks about uh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you is another way of saying, take my teaching. Nothing to do with oxes and things. It's just about the yoke. The rabbis used to talk about their teaching as the yoke that they would give to or invite their disciples to share so they'd be with them in the journey. So the yoke of Jesus is his teaching. And so as we take forward his teaching, as we learn and read the, God, the word of God, then we are united with him. We're coming into line with Jesus and what he uh, offers as a way of living that actually makes life work. And we find that part of that teaching is about taking a Sabbath rest, keeping the Sabbath holy. Making sure we set aside time for downtime. Not only for downtime, but for uptime, up towards God, so that we make it a place where there's nothing more important than we can come together for worship and for focusing on God and just allowing all the other things to be put to one side for a moment. That's why the sabbatical, coming from that Sabbath principle, is such a key thing. Many people find in God's word a way of coming to Christ through Bible study, through small groups, through ways meditating on God's word and allowing that to speak to us. Some people are very committed to uh, a word approach center, a word approach spirituality. And that's great. Some people are wired like that. I'm personally not very wired like that. I'm more wired in a different way. The second way of coming to Christ, as it were, is through symbolism. 
I love candles. I was asked by Beryl, Joe, do you want the, the candles lit? Or do you want to light them? Of course, I love having candles. In fact, we had our seven o'clock prayer meeting uh, this week. I haven't obviously been for three months. And uh, Anita said to me, Joe, I'm really sorry. We haven't had a candle for three months. A candle? No candle without praying? I thought, oh. Because for me, the symbolism of a candle is lovely. It just breathes to me of something, a living flame and a stillness. And, you know, it's so, so symbolic. It's a gorgeous thing that enables me to come to Christ. Just a real help. Of course you can come to Christ without candles. But it's a question of what works for you. For me, symbolism is so important. In my little chapel at home, I have different stones and shells and pieces of driftwood that all symbolize things that I've experienced in life and have meant something to me. And when I sit there and quiet and look at those things, they speak to me. The symbolism that comes from nature, the things we see around us in the natural world, speak of or symbolize something of the nature of God and his power, for example, to bring new life in spring flowers, or the utter beauty of a lily and its symbolism that can speak of purity. For me, those are the things that help me to come more to Christ. You think of Holy Communion. There's a real symbolism there in the bread and the wine. We come to Christ, we come to receive the bread and wine, but by faith we're taking in the very life of Christ himself. So symbolism is really important for some people. For other people, a third category might be uh, emotion and an emotional connecting with God. So that my wife, for example, Sean, and myself, really find that some worship, where one's emotions are stirred and the whole heart is lifted to God, is incredibly powerful. And you can sense, you can feel the presence of God sometimes. And you will know that occasionally, once or twice in my life, I have been moved to tears, as I'm quite an emotional person. And that's absolutely right. Coming into God's presence is sometimes accompanied by great outpouring of emotion, maybe joy, maybe a sense of repentance. We come to Christ through the cross through repentance and an engaging with God and grief over one's sins and a shame for what we've done or haven't done. And yet we receive forgiveness and find our whole hearts transformed. Finally, for other people, they might find connecting with God through activity, doing something. Never mind reading all these things. Let's get on with it. Let's make a difference. Let's get on with it making a difference in the world. Let's do something about climate justice. Let's do something about the terrible atrocities happening in our care homes or children's homes. Let's make a difference. Let's show our Christian faith by what we do. And they are more active 
And that's how they connect. They feel God's wind in their sails as they get on and do things for God. That's how they find coming to Christ works best for them. We're all different. But the key thing that Jesus teaches us is that we are to come to him. However burdened or weighed down with things. And find a way of living that the message describes as the unforced rhythms of grace. God's grace taking us forward. They don't have to be forced. Just find what's natural for you and come to Christ in the way that you are. As the hymn writer said, just as I am. (laughs) Without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Lamb of God, I come. The peace that God gives to us in this world is through Christ, an encounter with him. We won't find true rest in anything else other than the person of Jesus, who himself was described as the peace and gives the peace that passes all understanding, the Prince of Peace, who passes, whose peace passes all our understanding. Come to me, said Jesus. Come to me. Let's be still as we reflect on what it means for us to come to Christ just as we are.